Hi, this is Terry Schull from Placidas, New Mexico, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast, brought to you by our friends at MyCustomSportsChair.com. Get your favorite logos on your favorite type of chair. MyCustomSportsChair.com, PHA20 is the code. Gentlemen, we are here at a minute. Lonnie Goldsmith, Richard Cote, our executive producer extraordinaire. Trade deadline coming up. A couple teams have already started. A couple teams haven't. But uh, it's it's about to be the, the first part of the silly season because like we've already got a trade that a guy was traded twice, so his money can be double retained. We we've had two guys who did that, right? Yeah, yeah. We've had two double two. Three team trades, but technically they they are not three team trades. They're just a guy was traded through a team. That's a new angle that we haven't seen before. Well, you know, I mean, cap space being what it is, um, you got to get creative this time of year. I, I guess what's crazy is that you actually have to physically trade the guy to a team to invoke the the contract dollars and cents of it with retainment and all that. Cause you can't retain more than half. Right. So you got to go half of half. So you have to, instead of just, Hey, on paper, this is what we're doing. No, they physically had to do a, a transaction of that sort. It's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. And uh, let's, I want to take a look at the, the uh, three team trade that we saw happen today between Anaheim, Carolina, and Toronto. I, I, I get what Anaheim's doing. They're trying to pick up a, a draft pick and maybe shed a little bit of money. Toronto's picking up, you know, a piece that they're missing on defense. Carolina, uh, they're, they're paying a little bit for Toronto's defense, and then they paid about, what, just shy of 700000 for a sixth-round draft pick? Yeah. But I don't know how that totally makes sense. Oh, actually, could we go to what makes no sense to me in the whole trade? Sure. Why? Why did Toronto want the guy back that they've already gotten rid of? Who is because they can not... get him for twenty five percent of what they were paying him before. I mean, that's I guess a percent. That's a point. That, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a weird move for a player who's that limited. Limited is a word. The word it's the is it a correct one not good i, mean, I think mine is nicer <laughs> i mean i would rather have not good than nobody you've seen their defense it's kind of decimated right now well t- toronto has a toronto has a lot of problems they've got injuries they've got no cap room they're playing with a short roster they, they don't even have the maximum guys you know sitting up there uh, in, in Toronto, um, I guess technically they have the maximum number of guys in Toronto when you add in the Marlies roster, right. yeah. you know, but they're, they're not carrying the 23. Um, they, they've got four guys on LTIR and they still don't have enough cap space to do anything. But, and, and now they're, I'm not even sure, um, anybody will attend the 2025 draft from the Toronto front office. Have you guys looked at their 2025 draft picks after all the trades in the last few months? 
Uh, two fifth rounds and a sixth and seventh round. Yeah. Great. Yeah, first four rounds, just have a seat, gentlemen. You can miss days one and two. They have, over the next two draft years, 24 and 25, they have two picks in the first three rounds of each draft total. Wow. That's not great team management, I would say. Well, this is, this is, you can't get any more Lonnie win now than Toronto. And the problem that they have is that they, they don't have the pieces for win now. I think they're short still. What are they short? Goal. What everybody thinks they're short, like people that keep the puck away from the goalie short. Or, or I mean, you're putting an awful lot of faith in the, uh, in the Samsonov Jones uh, goaltending duo. Don't forget Joseph Wall's back. Yeah. Sorry. How could I forget Joseph yes. Wall's back? The oh, trifecta. AKA Joseph Wall, the only guy signed uh, in net for next season for them. Yep. Boy, that is a, uh, they're living in a tough spot right now. Well, I mean, they got yeah, look, and I, yes, they are really, really banged up. Sure. You know, 16 and a half million on, on LTIR. Like I get all of that, but I just don't know how this particular deal, they just, and in the division they're in and the playoff path they're going to have to go through. It's an awfully tough road. Well, okay. So I'll play devil's advocate. I'm not disagreeing with you on that one, but you know, wall gets healthy. He's back. They're going to carry three goalies for a while. He's got the best save percentage of the goalies. Martin Jones is never the answer. I mean, like that's, that's, that's just the thing. Um, Samsonov has not turned out to what they wanted. So, you know, the question becomes with them is, I mean, they, they, they've got a, they, they've got no cap space. I mean, they've got a million and a half bucks, which means that they've got to, they got to move people. Right. Mm-hmm. So are they in the Markstrom or the Jake Allen hunt with spinning off a couple players? I mean, you, you've got to clear money of course for that, but I mean, does Montreal want an expiring Samsonov contract? They, you know, maybe give their final third round pick away or is it defensemen or is it the guys that get, that need to stop the puck before it gets to the goalie? That's the problem on this team. Or is it both? Yeah. I don't see why it can't be both things. I mean, it can be. It can be sure. But I mean, look, this, I mean, boy, we, we this know what is... the problem isn't. Right. It's, <laughs> like it's not yeah. goals. It's not goals. I mean, they can score. Yeah. Especially one guy. 53 and 58. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 70 pace for 75. Not bad. Tight. Yeah. So they don't need. So the question is, is do they try to trade for a goalie or do you try to add to the blue line? They can't do both. No, there's too many mountains to move for them to do both. You got to build on the blue line. I, I think that is their right now, their immediate need. Yeah, a blue line with no money. 
Hey, yeah. you know why the Maple Leafs don't have a twenty a first round pick in twenty twenty five? In twenty okay, okay. Um, why don't they have a first round pick in twenty five? Okay, the trade. Who would it have been? It would it would have been a trade. Yes. I have no clue. I can't even Jake think. McCabe. Oh, the Blackhawks got a first. That's the Blackhawks right. got a first. So, like they they've got to create cap space somehow. But you think that they won't just give away a first round pick for whatever? They'll do it. They got nothing oh, yeah. left to give at this point. <laughs> that really didn't work out for him. No, I mean they won a playoff series for the first time in um, any of our children's yeah, lifetimes. They so did. I guess Good there's that. Hang a banner or something. Yeah. I mean, it, like they're not there. I mean, that's the thing. They're, they're not getting Hannafin. They're, no. they're not, I mean, there's, there's no money for Hannafin. No, not for what they're, they're I mean, they, they, they've got to move Walker. too much. Nope. No, they, 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 they have to move there. They need, they need extra P. They need help from other teams in order to make this happen. And I just don't know what assets they have available to be able to find teams to help facilitate things. I just, I don't see it. Look, there's a reason that none of us are GMs. It requires a level of creativity that like, clearly we don't have Richard. Otherwise you and I, and Adam would be GMs in this league. Right. But they need, they need facilitators to help, help this work. The I, old facilitator. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the only way. And, and even that is that they're just, they're running out of assets to be able to, to but what are they going to Exactly. What are they going to trade? They, right. They, they, they have they a are, first round pick this year. And a and first round in 26. And a first and 26 and a third this year. Yes. Everything after that is low, low like after the third round, we're not talking, but right. I, so if you're talking late round defenseman, you're talking Alexandra Carrier, two and a half million dollar hit. Joel Edmondson, 1.75. Uh, Nick Seeker, Sealer. Seven seven five. I mean, there, there, there's your your upside. Eleven, you know, a one goal, eleven assist, third pair to thirty year old defenseman. Right. I mean, you're you're for what you have available in terms of both cap and other organizational resources to make a deal happen. You are looking at you know a a, a six six seventh D man. Thirty three year old Zach Bogosian can be had for eight fifty, and his you know what nine points right you're 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 looking for you're putting a body back there which i mean really what they do they do need a stay at home i mean they, they Wait, but didn't they just get that i don't even think he's is that guy even that good at defense no i don't i don't think so but i mean he's certainly not an offensive threat so i guess I mean, what, what Labushkin, like, it was so funny when 
Um, Dubas was lauded for getting rid of the guy. People love when he got rid of him, right? And now tree living's being looked at as, oh, you got a great defenseman for us. And it's like, what? what? No. The guy has the- has, is, is a... He's a career I mean, look, minus player without a lot of offensive upside. All right. He's got 43 points in 334 <laughs> games. Um, he's on a roughly one assist every 10 game pace for his career. And yes, he's a minus 35, but like his one season as a plus player came in Toronto. Team. He was on a good and that was, uh, that was a portion of, that was only a portion of the 21, 22 season when they, when he was with Toronto, uh, the he was a plus player in 1920. I'm sorry. He was a plus yeah, four. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I missed that with the coyotes tied for his but career high. The rest of his time, oh, not for a full season though. That was his career high for a full season. Um, for his, you know, NHL career, it's not like he's playing with the, the best possible uh, pieces around him. No, he, he's been on terrible teams out of 334 games. He's been on terrible teams for all but 31 of them. That's right. Mm-hmm. So Arizona, he's 300, 300 Buffalo. games on terrible teams, Arizona, <laughs> Buffalo and Anaheim. Yes. So are we selling him short because he's good on he's average at best on a good team? No, I think we're selling him appropriately because he still doesn't give you anything going forward. Like, May look, maybe now with with being around this offensive talent, there's a reason he was a plus four his first go around with the leaves. Maybe maybe he finds some more assists because he's just springing springing pucks to those forwards. But like he's not gonna be on with you're not gonna see him out there with with the Matthews line very often. No. So I mean like like we're looking at Zach Bogosian as the final piece of the puzzle for Toronto. That's where we're at. I mean, if they get super creative, do you think they could possibly wing a Matt Dumba from Arizona? That's going to, they're going to need some real creativity. I mean, that's like, 4 million. They need three. They've got to find $3 million of retention. Well, they have what one in change, right? In cap space, yep, and he's a four million dollar guy. One four, so I mean, yeah, you find, yeah. I mean, look, is Matt Dumba? But is is Matt Dumba better than Zach Bogosian at this point of their career? Marginally, I would. I would. I, I would take him, but. And look, the real, you know, we talk about Toronto having to move something and here's part of the problem. No move clauses, no move clause, no move clause, no move clause, Mm -hmm. modified, no trade, um, more, no move clauses. Like it's unbelievable. The amount, but they're not looking to get rid of anybody. That's like, they don't want, they're not going to subtract from their roster. That's part of the problem. Yeah. And so here we are. This is then right. this is the team. Then this is their squad. Yep. I mean, you, you've don't. got to subs- you have to subtract unless you're going to pull a lightning and put someone on LTIR until the playoffs just to save money. Like you have nowhere to go. You have to move something off the roster in order to bring back a defenseman. 
So basically what you're then doing is you're going to look at Max Domi and say, give me your 10 team list. Yes. Cause he, he, nobody else is movable. No, everybody else. I mean, about everybody with more salary has a full no move clause. That's right. Yep. You're, you're not going to, you're not going to move Jake McCabe cause you're not looking to, you can't remove any defenseman at this point. No. Right. It becomes a situation where Domi is the guy. You know, what's ironic in all this with Toronto is they have one albatross contract. It's not a lot of money, but it's enough to make a difference at the trade deadline. Who is completely wasting a roster space for them. That has been outspoken about his lack of playing and is probably going to get in a fight with a rookie here shortly and has tribute videos all over the place. I mean, Ryan Reeves in his 1.35 over the next three years, that's, that's a terrible situation for them. In what world did, did they think that signing a 37 year old boxer on skates made roster sense? That was a Brad Tree living move. That wasn't, that wasn't a dubious move. Nope. Yep. Yeah, three years. Let's do it. <laughs> and he's been benched for a bunch of games this year. How much would that $1.3 million be useful right now? I know it's a little, but I mean, think about that. That, that doubles their availability and changes the quality of Yes. Third pairing defense. They now get a solid third pair guy versus a guy that's working on and off somebody's roster. That that gets you talent instead of just a buddy. And the sad, 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 sad thing about all this is we should be talking exclusively about the guy that is basically making Reinhardt, Hyman, Pasternak, and Kucherov play for second place in the goals race. Like this season should be about Austin Matthews and how underrated he's been and how he's not getting heart consideration. Yeah. But nope, we're talking about Ryan Reeves. Well, we are because we love talking about him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know what? So I haven't, I I missed the last pod. I, I was on the Island of Hawaii. Um, so it's been about a month since, since I've talked to you guys on the pod. Do you know the one thing in the NHL that has not changed since the last time the three of us were together? Uh, the playoff structure? Nope. Well, yeah, Connor McDavid's yeah. really good. No, no, th- no. Things that like actually things have happened. Games oh. have been played. People have done things. But one number has not changed that could have. What's that? The number would be 23. The Arizona Coyotes had 23 wins last time we did this together. Oh, geez. Hey, to be fair, they've only played like 10 games. 14, I believe, is their it's current like, it's like streak. 10. It's like 10. It's like 10. I didn't say they had the same number of points, but let's not, let's not discount their couple overtime losses they've had in this <laughs> ugly streak. 
But since last time we've talked, guys, the Desert Dogs literally have the same number of wins. They went 0 for February. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> I, and they have an extra, the extra day in the month this year to even not go 0 for February. It's that party That's in the true. back, man. Business in the front, party in the back. You can't win at the mullet for the home team. Somebody wins at the mullet. Not the home team. I mean, 29 times somebody's won at the mullet. Oof. <laughs> I mean, 15 times by the home team, at least. I mean, they're... Yeah. They're, they are at least above 500 at home. But the scary thing is, through all their losses, they're not ever even close to last place because the hapless Hawks are in that division. Yeah. Really terrible hockey. But, I mean, so remember... About last time we talked, we actually were like, ooh, Arizona knocking on the door, probably not going to make it, but yeah, no, no, the door has closed. Yeah, reality set in. They, they, they will be selling. I'm not sure what. I say, what do they have to sell exactly? Doomba. That, that's it. That's all they that's got. That's it. I, I, they got Jason Zucker. Talk about a team that d- didn't throw out no movement clauses, mainly because I'm guessing players didn't ask for them. <laughs> but actually, when you look at, so this is fascinating. I was doing this earlier today in show prep. The entire back end of Arizona is on an expiring contract. Yes. They have an entire yes, defensive core to trade. Wow. That's fascinating. Yes. And and Matt Dumma being a high paid and, and the second oldest one behind Josh Brown, who's a few months older. But I mean, they they only have eleven million dollars in their defense. May may explain a fourteen game winless streak. Just just saying. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. they they have a total of sixteen or about seventeen million dollars. No, sixteen million dollars in defense and goalies. If if you want to know where Arizona's problem starts. Just just go there. I'm not sure there was actually really any doubt. Well, I didn't <laughs> say there was, but I mean they've got 23 million on injured reserve right now. That's <laughs> it's more than their but uh, only only one of them is a defenseman. Well, yeah. And, and he was never gonna play for them. No. <laughs> no. Shea Weber went to retire. Because he was yep. told that that's where his salary is going to retire. Golf is great there. It is. It's amazing. They stuck around for a bit, but like they literally can clear their entire back end if they wanted to. Now, like four out of their eight guys are RFAs. So probably going to keep some young guys, but I mean, holy crap. Oh, for February. They, they, they've hit the, the rebuild portion of the, uh, the mullet stay. They they hit they not. did they ever leave the rebuild? <laughs> yeah, one of them not been stay? rebuilding. Oh, they they were building first, and now they got to rebuild from the build. I don't. Know. The question: poor, poor What were they are. building exactly? Not a uh, building. No, nobody knows. Listen, They're not building. That's the problem. <laughs> they have a lot when, of building issues. Listen, yes. when they moved to Salt Lake, is a lovely place, and people will want to come to play there. I firmly believe that. Oh, Houston's uh. going to fight him for it. 
feel like the Houston. Uh, I think Salt Lake put their flag in the, the. They publicly said we're next. I mean, and the NHL let them say that. Yeah. Pretty pretty sure there was a roadmap there. Houston, Houston. You want about listen, Houston. Houston missed their window. They did. they did. Yeah, but and say what you want about Bettman. You can't tell me the timing of that release wasn't orchestrated by the lawyer that he is. He's not dumb. No, he's no, not absolutely. Dumb. Yep. You know, and and he's probably a guy who used Manscaped. I mean, that guy never has any has any trimming issues. Never grows a playoff beard. Probably good under underneath that suit. Manscaped.com slash bhn15 is your code. Gary Bettman and a Manscaped ad together. Never thought you guys would see it, did you? I kind of wish I to. hadn't. Yeah. Wow, it's hurtful. Kind of hurtful. Truth hurts. So is the image that you put into our heads. The, the, <laughs> the, the other trade that happened, guys, uh, this is a good trade, I think, for Dallas. Chris Tanev picked up from Calgary. Um, he's got some visa issues, so he's, he's got to get his work permit in the U.S. coming from a Canadian team, so it looks like we're going to be still a few more days away from seeing him play uh, solid pickup for Dallas solid yeah. addition for them. Yeah, that's a great trade. Um, obviously, I mean, he's probably best or second best defenseman so, uh, among those considered widely available at the deadline, him or Hannafin, you could sort of, you know, take your pick there. Yeah. Dependent depends on your, your, uh, flavor preference, but, um, a player at his, his skill set and experience for uh, a minuscule cap hit. That's a great pickup. Yeah, and, and the stars also got goalie prospect Cole Brady, which, which was interesting. Um, I think the most interesting thing about this was Jersey getting involved. Yep. To get some set to take on some cap stuff. Like, like a team that's going to be buying took on a few bucks, which I thought was unique in the whole grand scheme of things. They also got a draft a, pick out of it. A fourth round pick. I mean, they also have $8 million of caps. I mean, they've got, they've got a yeah. lot of cap space left. I just thought it was interesting to see a buying team who's in the market for a goalie um, add draft capital to it. I'm a little surprised. I, I mean, a fourth round pick in 2026 costs you uh, what one and a 1.125 yeah, million. A million. Yeah, like, that's like what you get for it. Like, yep. that's not a. It's a feels like a pretty low price to pay for a mid round pick, and it's you know it's an asset. It, it's something to. That could prove useful to them. I mean, it does this this move doesn't preclude them from uh from buying. Oh no, no. I mean email and so it, it and it give and it gives you just a little bit more ammunition. Yeah. Um you know, we we talk about Arizona. You look at Arizona's uh what they have available. I mean, the draft basically runs through Arizona. They have five picks in the first two rounds, I think. Um yeah. right. I'm sorry. They have seven picks in the first three. They don't know how to use them or build the rest of the team around those picks, but they have these assets. Like the assets are only good if you know what you're doing and you trust the devil's infrastructure with what they're doing. Yeah, I do. And and Dallas who currently, as we record this on on Friday sits in first place in the central after last night's uh, games, 
I give them a lot of credit. So he picked up Tanev. He's a, he's a 20 minute, a game ice guy, you know, plus 16 rating in his 56 games, 36 year old veteran on an expiring contract. The most amazing about Dallas and all this, they still hold for the next three years. They have their first round picks. Now they've got nothing in two, three, and four over the next two years, basically, but they've retained all their first round picks while being a first place team in a major contention and added a, a piece that they were missing. Yeah, they've built this team. They built this thing right, uh, and they, yes, they have a first round pick next year. They have their first round pick. You can move if it's a, if it's a good enough pick. You're far enough down in the draft. You very easily could you know trade out of it and pick up some second round. Find a team that's got multiple second round picks. You can move out of it. Teams teams frequently. Uh, get out of that spot. There's nothing that says Dallas can't. And I mean, look, they made their move. This is the big, this is the big move. I think that they need to make. I don't, I don't think they've, they're missing a whole lot right now in this yeah. roster. Um, no, I, I, I like where Dallas is at. I, I think they're built for the playoffs. Yeah. Absolutely. So like that they've been able to build using, you know, non-premium picks is, really kind of impressive. Yeah. All, all while hanging on to the stops to top spot in the central with the surging jets right on them. Yeah. So. Jets on them. I mean, Colorado is always lingering. Like this is going to be a really fun three horse race for this last quarter of the season. Well, and I think out of any division right now, I think that first place in the central is the most important spot to grab. Because when you look at not having to play one of those three teams and getting most likely Nashville, unless St. Louis somehow goes on a run, um, which they haven't proven this year that they're going to go on sustained runs. Right. And assuming Nashville now has played their way out of trading UC Saros, I mean, that's another big assumption. But, I mean, if you're Dallas... Winnipeg or Colorado, not having to play one of those aforementioned teams and getting most likely Nashville. Thank you. Yes. I mean, the trade-off is you're, you're playing arguably the best goalie in the division, but I still think you take that trade-off not having to face Winnipeg and Colorado and or Colorado. Whoa, you don't want to have whoa, to go through. Whoa. whoa. You see Saros the best goalie in that division. Said arguably he's the third best. And I'm saying this. I think he's the third best in that division right now. You're putting him behind Hellebuck? Hellebuck is is a top I mean, regular season. He's you, one of the top five goalies. Re- regular I'm just season. Saying, that's right. You get Saros yes. into the playoffs. Listen, the guy, the guy's a good goalie. I, I and sometimes that's all you need to carry a team. Uh, that said, I would still rather play Saros in Nashville than have to go through both of you know. Winnipeg and Colorado, as opposed to just Winnipeg or Colorado. If I'm Dallas, I mean, and look, it's similar to the, we were talking about the, the Maple Leafs before. I think winning the Atlantic and winning the, the central are basically the same things. Like you don't want to have to be like Florida, Boston, Toronto in that top three. Like if you're Boston, you don't want to have to go through Toronto and then get Florida. Yeah. You got to try to win the division. Let's let's see 
let's see what Toronto does over the next three weeks. I, they've been, I mean, they're playing well now and, and they've played their way back ahead of Detroit, of course. But if you win that division, here's the problem. If you win the division in the Atlantic, Lonnie and, and uh, Richard is what if Tampa gets the four? Do you like who wants to play Tampa in the playoffs? I, this year I might want to play Tampa in the playoffs. Like, I don't know if I, I, I ever want to play. T- I never want to play Vasilevsky in the playoffs. I mean, I, I know the postseason is a completely different beast, but Tampa Bay this year has just not been the same team that we've seen in the previous five seasons. Um, they, they, look sluggish. They, you know, I know they're, they're battered up from their back-to-back Stanley cup run. Uh, they still haven't really gotten over that. Uh, Vasilevsky just hasn't looked like the same goaltender he did even like two years ago. So I, I don't know if I'm in the Atlantic, I, I think I would want to play a Tampa Bay rather than Detroit. I'd want to play. Ooh, no, I see. I, I don't know if I'd want to play. I kind of like with, the Leafs and the pressure on them and they wouldn't have home ice advantage. I may rather play the Leafs than, than Tampa. Oh, okay. I sure. Like if, if this is, I don't think Tampa's deep, but deep enough, healthy enough to get three, four rounds deep, but man, that first round with their experience and how, I mean, once again, Vasilevsky in a seven game series, fresh. <sighs> Would he be fresh? The, prob- the, fr- the problem is, is that they're going to have, he's going to have to play. Yeah. They can't. They can't rest dudes down the stretch like they usually do. No, right? The, he's going to have to go to the end if no, they're going to keep playing, playing less this than way. He's, but he's got less mileage than he has the last couple of years because of his injury time this year. I just, I, I will still, I still think that the central is the most coveted one spot. The biggest difference between being in first place and not in terms of quality opponent to me is going to be the central. I don't even think it's close. I don't care who ends up in the four spot. I think it's close. I mean, at this point, it's also, I mean, I mean, the difference is you're looking at in the West, you're probably getting, it's going to be a four and four as opposed to the East where it's going to be a five and three in terms of the, (laughs) no, no faith in the Metro. Not so much. No. They're lucky you're guaranteed three. That's right. <laughs> I mean, they'd be in danger of a six and two situation if it was allowed. No, they wouldn't be. Buffalo's too far out. Buffalo's too far out of it. They're 10 points behind Tampa and six in the in the in the uh, Atlantic. Just stop stop calling out facts. Just go with it. It was fun. Okay. <laughs> it was fun. That's right. It would put torts on his heels. It would. But that's uh yeah it, it's it's getting to the silly season it's it's getting to the the silly season which is which is fun it's good times it's good times with that trade deadline um so let me ask you guys before we get off of this topic I need who you think will be the most active team at the trade deadline Richard most active team like. I, you can go buyer I or seller. I, I, you know, I, I kind of want to go both. Okay, go ahead. Give me a buyer and, and a seller. 
I think the most active seller is going to be Anaheim. They they got assets to move and they have nowhere to go right now. Uh, most active buyer. I I think uh, Detroit's ready to put their chips in and make a big push for the playoffs. I think they're going to be very active and they got a lot of cap space. Lonnie? Um, I could not disagree with you more um, on Detroit. I don't, they, they may make a minor move, but they got a lot of assets and a lot of cap space. Um, and this team isn't built for a cup yet. Um, so I, I don't see anything like that happening. Um, but I think in terms of, I agree on Anaheim. Um, they seem to have the most coveted assets in Arizona's intriguing, but they don't, I think they're where they are because their guys aren't that coveted. Um, and I think boy buyer, I think the Rangers. Hmm. Really? I'm, I'm close to you. I'm just, I'm, I'm going down the highway from the Rangers for the biggest buyer. Okay. I think the devils are the biggest buyer. I think they're going to get a goalie and I think they're going to, I think they're going to add like three or four players. I think, I think they're going to go for it. I think, I think they think that this is, this is a time for, for them to go for it. Um, they're, they're, they're on that cusp. Like they, they need points, but they're not far away from propelling into a serious contender situation. I think with their team, Anaheim to me seems like an easy seller around there. Um, to me, the biggest seller should be Montreal, but man, they have no expiring contracts. They are so locked in to that roster that they've got to find teams that want multi-year deals. That's like Montreal has so many wantable parts, but getting GMs to commit for more than one year at a trade deadline is, you know, they wait for the, the draft for that. Right. You know, same thing with Washington. They've got some pieces that'll add to great play, but everybody's got multi-year deals left on that team. So I, I think Anaheim by almost default is, is going to be the biggest seller. I mean, Pearson is really the only movable contract that Montreal has. I, I would argue Jake Allen's contract's movable. It's that second year. But if, if you're looking to upgrade a goalie, sub $4 million for a potential starter is not... I mean, that, that's, a, that's a digestible amount for a team. It is, as long as it's not blocking anything. And you assume that... It, and they may retain some of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, Montebal's their guy. So, I mean, like, I, I think... Allen, it could be like it's hard with multi-year, but three eight five is not a ton to digest for a starter if you believe he's your starter. Yeah, yeah. If you get him to retain, it might be worthwhile. But Yeah, it's going to be. I, I think it's. I, I will go on record. This is going to be one of the quieter trade deadlines we've seen. 
there's yeah. there's less f- great moving parts out there. Yeah. So. Foco, you can get all your bobblehead love at foco.com. Check them out. Click on the link from the prohockeynews.com website, and you can get all the fun on there. Uh, bingo card time. Guys, take out your bingo cards. Let me know when you, you have those out. Ready to go. Ready to go. Uh, did you have 40-goal score Edmonton on your bingo card this year? Uh, Obviously. Yeah, but I had the wrong yes. one. Okay. Okay. Did you have Zach Hyman as as any of the above in the list? No. Certainly not at this point in the season. <laughs> so, man, what, what would the prop odds have been of Zach Hyman first Edmonton 40-goal scorer this season? I... Knowing what we know now, I wish I could have made that bet. <laughs> Man, what? I mean, nobody's giving you great odds on that. I mean, the problem is no, no smart book would give you, you know, super enticing odds when you're playing with the two best passers in the game. I mean, anything's possible. Even this. It's still, you, you got Dreisaitl and McDavid. You'd think one of them would get to... 40 goals before Zach Hyman. Yeah. I, 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 getting Zach Hyman to 40 is not the shot. I mean, he did score 36 last year. Breakout year for him. You know, he's, he's playing on a really good team. Um, <laughs> I just, I mean, come on. Him first? I don't care that he's playing with two great passers, Lottie. Like, this is nuts. It's insane. And it's certifiable. Those two great passers are also great goal scorers. So, yeah, that's to me, that's why it's shocking. Everybody gets a turn in this offense. Oh, my God. I mean, Dreisel's got a way to go to get to 40. Yeah. So, so McDavid's got further to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> McDavid's only got 72 assists this year. Oh, only. What did he have? Tw- what do you have? 25 of them last month? Yeah. Yeah, he had a month. He had a season in a month. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we've got two guys at 100 points already. Two, two guys at 100 points and a guy that's on pace for 70-plus goals isn't at 100 yet. Yeah. It's ridiculous. This is the way the NHL – this is fun again. This is 90s NHL with yeah. so much more skill and goal than these guys are doing. Like, to me – Austin Matthews, 53 goals is more impressive than I think anything we've seen in the last 30 years. If he scores 70 in this day and age with the goalies, the way they are and the equipment and, and just how good they are, this is insane. This is better than the nineties guys that were racking up numbers. It's I, I shouldn't say this because like this, I mean, this would be a dumb comment to make, but I'm going to do it anyway. What he's doing is not sustainable in the sense that he scored his 53 goals on only 248 shots. Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's he's converting it's, at a 21.4% shooting percentage. That is not in any shape or form sustainable. <laughs> 
over 82 games. I don't understand how this is happening. Is he, is he just that good? Yeah. Has he been underrated? I don't even know how that's possible. I I don't know. He's been underrated. I just think he's as good as he's been hyped up to be. And how come it's just not like people still aren't giving him heart consideration this year. Like he's not in the, he's not even in the top three of what most people are talking about. Well, you know, you're hearing Kucherov, McKinnon, McDavid, right? Yeah. And the Hart Trophy isn't just pure goal scoring. We know that's the Rocket Richard Trophy. If you score 70 plus goals and Toronto gets in the playoffs. Yeah. I have trouble not putting him at the heart. Wait, Connor McDavid is the best player in the league. He's scored half amount of goals as a guy named Zach Hyman. How valuable are you to your team? Well, uh, you look at those assists, you're setting up your teammates to score. I mean, how is that not valuable? If, if one thing changes in the, if Detroit and Tampa flip, if that's the only thing that happens in the standings, the rest of the way, Austin Matthews is my number two. And if I had a vote, I'd vote him number two. If Tampa gets in the playoffs, Kucherov gets my MVP. Cause nobody would mean more to his team. Kucherov is willing that team to a playoff. Yes. Single-handedly almost. Yeah. You take McKinnon or McDavid off their teams. They're probably still playoff teams this year. I, I, I don't know if you take McKinnon off if Colorado's a playoff team. I think they, they limp to a wild card. Maybe. That's, I mean, they do have two other guys in the top 20 in league scoring. Let's not sit like, I mean, they're not a slouch. Their, no, their young goalie has been playing well. Edmonton is only two points above LA for fourth. Yeah. And Greg, they have two games in hand, but like, and they have three games. They're one point behind Vegas and have three games in hand on the night. So like they've, they've got some games to make up and that's obviously yeah. going to help clear the picture some, but. I'm thinking how far they've come though. Yes. I mean, they created yeah. a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I just, they had to dig themselves out of a hell of a spot. I just, I think Austin Matthews is having an incredible season and it's not getting talked about enough in terms of how valuable he has been to his team. I think he's being underrated this year. And I don't get me wrong. When I, when I say that, you know, the talk about Kutroff, uh, McKinnon, McDavid, uh, you know, their talk about the Hart trophy, is taking anything away from what Austin Matthews is doing in Toronto because he is doing a fantastic job. But when you have players who are putting up numbers, not only just in goals, but in assists who are spreading the wealth amongst the team, I find that incredibly valuable. Yeah, And, and Lonnie, you talk about sustainability of his, of his shooting percentage. So he's at 21.4 with 53 goals, his career year of 60 which was 21-22, he was at 17.2%. The year before, when he scored 41 in, in 52 games, you know, in the shortened year of 2021, 18 and a half. So he, yeah. he, he was 18.2 his second season when he scored 34, down to 14% when he scored 37. Right. It, it, it was interesting. I mean, he's not a volume shooter. No. No. Which is like... I mean, to me, the, the, the only, the, the stat that's 
more insane than him is Sam Reinhart. Um, 25% shooting percentage on 41 goals. Yeah. That yeah. that's crazy. The it's no, I mean, he's, he's an incredible goal scorer. He's number two to me because two or three in the heart is, I think a premium gets paid for the all around game that the other guys look, if Connor McDavid is screw it, I'm done setting up guys. I'm going to score 40 goals in the last 30 odd games or 20, whatever games are left. Who would be surprised? That means defensive change. And and they're actually sagging off to the other guys on the ice and not attacking him. Yeah. He's, 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 he's one of the take, smartest players. He's just right, so he's smart. Ta- he, he's yeah. taking what other teams are giving. Exactly. When, when, he was gave, going, when he was on entire, that insane streak, right. they were giving him space. And he's like, okay, I'll shoot. Right. St. Louis gave him all the space in the world. And he won the game. Yeah. The other night. <laughs> that was um, a, lot of, a lot of space. A <laughs> lot of, oh, listen, him and a three, that's a team. I mean, look, obviously it doesn't matter for the playoffs, but for regulation, you got to beat those guys in, in regulation. You do not want overtime. You cannot have him out there in that much space. No, nope. there's nothing you can do about it. You can't yet. You, you can't man up on him because he's too fast. He's too smart. Um, you, what, what I find really interesting is that of the top five scores in the league right now. So Kucherov, McKinnon, McDavid, Pasternak and Panarin, they have a combined uh, three, uh, two shorthanded points. Yeah. Yeah. There. They, they do it with one goal, guys one assist yeah. amongst yeah. the five of them. Yeah. They do it with the same number of guys on the ice or, or sometimes when they're in an advantage, go figure. Yes. Two more topics. They hit to, first of all, let's go to the PWHL. They announced their playoff structure today. Top four teams. Team one is going to choose if they want three or four. This reminds me of the SPHL experiment for two years. Um, I, I have my conspiracy theories on this. Um, so you can choose three or four. I don't love it. It's, it's kitschy. Um, part of me wonders, so about five game series in the semis, five in the final. Uh, I wonder how much influence the league is going to have based on travel and cost and potentially attendance and rivalries of, or, Hey, do we want to make sure that one semifinal pits American U.S. and the other is American U.S. so we get, I mean, American Canadian, so we get cross border? Or, hmm, do we want to keep it over the border? So it, I, I'm I'm skeptical that there's not going to be league influence on this. Call me I crazy. Think, I think that's fair. I kind of like it. Uh, I just I, I like that this league is is trying some new stuff that. You know, a lot of hardcore hockey fans have been talking about like, you know, the NHL should be mixing up their their playoff format because the division, you know, bracket doesn't seem to really work to give us the best matchups. I I know they only have six teams to choose from and four in the playoffs, so they're limited there. But they're trying something new, which which I applaud and I, I think is is something that that's needed. And also they're you know, their three, their three point game format this season is something that hockey fans. Yeah, We've already talked about that. We're already pro that. I'm just just saying, I I appreciate that. They're trying something new in this new guy, new new guy here. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Lonnie, that's my, you like picking your opponent. I think it's a little too kitsch for me. I think you, you really do risk the, uh, 
get, you risk some bulletin board material. It can get a little bit, uh, I don't know, potentially dicey. I, I will tell you, yeah, because I, I want to know who gets to make the decision, because I will tell you when it, a couple years in the SPHL, um, when owners got involved, it was not necessarily what was best for the on-ice winnability. You're saying that owners have their pocketbooks in mind? Yep, that maybe the shorter bus ride or less hotel nights came into sure. play of why a team chose who they played. Just saying. Yeah. Just, just saying. So, you know, it only happened once in the two years where somebody selected it, but just saying. Um, now, the most interesting thing is what they're doing is for the last two teams, the day that they are eliminated from playoff contention, they, they will start their points percentage, basically. Whoever wins the most percent after being eliminated from the playoffs, they're the number one draft pick. So you play to win, not tank. I get that. I, I, I like it at it on its face. I like it. I sort of, I appreciate the desire to not have a tank situation. However, what happens if a team get you like, if you've had a longer time to play after having been eliminated and a team gets eliminated with a game to go and they don't have a chance. If they get eliminated on the last day and don't have a chance to rack up points and they finished fifth, as opposed to, you know, they finished fifth instead of six in the stand, like, or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I got questions. I'm not sure it, it works quite how they think it's going to work. It's, yeah. It was a fair I, Look, I like anything to reduce tanking. Cause I think what we're seeing from some NHL teams and what we've seen, I mean, we've seen NHL, NBA, MLB. It's abysmal. Yep. It's terrible. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. Um, they've also announced they will not be expanding next year. They haven't announced if they're going to add nicknames. Um, they did announce they're going to play more neutral site games for test markets. Like they're doing this year in Pittsburgh and Detroit. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's that's the rundown of the PWHL. All good, you know, good stuff. Like I said, they're they're doing it. Um, they've they, they've admitted they have a problem in New York with attendance, potentially of, of where they've been playing. Um, they've got Minnesota, Toronto, Montreal doing real well. Boston, they think they have a an issue. It's too far outside of Boston. So I mean, they're being honest and open with everything. Um, yeah. So we'll see. But so far, so good. That's PWHL. Final topic, guys. Before we. Uh, we, we, we do our picks. Um, so Garrett Rank had a little fun in St. Louis, you know, when they reviewed a goal. The home team it was a no goal. Then he came out and said, you're not going to like this, but it's still no goal. So like little humor in there. Um, disgraced, potentially not a great human. Tim Peel then thought it was went on, on, on the socials and said it was terrible and the NHL is not going to like this and all that. Um, First of all, I'm only saying it because Richard made me because he put it in the rundown. I don't give a crap what Tim Peel says, especially after that guy berated youth officials at a youth hockey rink in South County, St. Louis, and walked into the referee room to berate officials after his kid's game as a former NHL ref, like done with that guy. Right. Uh, I love a guy. That's fun. 
it, it, it doesn't rip on any team. It, it plays up to the fans. It takes what Wes McCauley does do a different angle. I liked it. I mean, it wasn't controversial. Though, was it was that everybody knew it was a no goal. Like it wasn't like a borderline no goal. Yeah. Play up to the fans a bit. Let's have fun. Personalities yeah. are good. Sports are entertainment. So entertain me. Make, make me make me chuckle. Like, yeah, like you said, it, it didn't impact the call on the ice. It didn't impact the integrity of the game. And right. what I found the, the most ironic was, you know, Tim Peel's reaction was, you know, just shut up and make the call. Well, if he would have done that, he would not be a former <laughs> NHL referee right now. Irony at its best, huh? Exactly. Uh, you know, he, he, Garrett Rink is also the same guy who called a uh, 10 minute misconduct for every player on the ice. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And he also, he's also the one that uh, gave the gamer to uh, Sheldon Keefe a couple of days ago and yes. got him fined 25 K. He's yes. had, he's had a good week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The 10 to everybody on the ice is great. Yes. He's uh, like, honest to God, it's fantastic. It is. I just, here's, Look, it was a four nothing game. The goal would have made it five. It, it, you know, whatever. It's with, with under ten to go in the game. Time and situation matters. This is a one goal game. If St. Louis was down, like I don't think he would have done it. But also, we need more guys like him and, and Wes McCauley and less of the Tim Peels. Agreed. I, I, anything to just take the, the fans emotions. I don't want to say completely out of it, but when it's aimed at the referee or any of the yeah. officials, I, I, I think you kind of need to lighten that blow. And to me, hockey kind of like the NHL does it really well, especially with Wes McCauley and, and with Garrett rank. Um, I, I can't think of any other like umpire or referee or any official in any other major leagues that are, that are doing this kind of stuff. That's not necessarily mean or just to, you know, get the clicks. I don't know. It's, to me, it, it, it strikes genuine. Yeah, it's, it's, and we can thank Ed Hockey League for starting all this because yeah. getting a, a, lo- a legal brief for every penalty is what started this generation of it. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't mind what refs break in the fourth wall. I think it's funny. Yeah. And the, I think it's, it's good for the game. Like, I think if we could get more explanation of why, why things happen and why they don't, it's better. It helps yeah. grow the game and it makes it interesting. Oh. That time, Richard. It is that time. The time. The PHN picks of the week. Uh, shall we recap last week, Adam? We can. Uh, yeah. You, you, um, I, Lonnie, Lonnie went a solid two and three. I, I won the week at three and two. Adam, I, I mean, I know you made some picks, but when we ask people to put them in on social media, we ask to use the hashtag PHN picks that seem to be absent from your tweet, but I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide because you went one and four last week. Um, so I am now within a game this season of Adam. Lonnie's got a little bit of catching up to do. Let's see if he can have a good 5-0 week now that I've just jinxed him. Game number one, fellas, this Saturday on March 2nd, we have the Winnipeg Jets at the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm going to start with Lonnie. Who you got? 
I'm not prepared for you to start with me. You never start with me. Um, mixing it up. You are mixing it up. Uh, I'll take the jerks. All right, Adam. Winnipeg. All right. I mean, Hellebuck's awesome. I mean, I don't know why people haven't seen this before. <laughs> Should we go to the tape on that one? Um, all right. I, I'm going to take Winnipeg as well. They are playing just exceptionally well right now. Um, so I'm just going to go with the hot team. Uh, all right. Game number two. Uh, this one has is, is gotten a lot tighter since the beginning of last month. Colorado at Nashville. Adam, who you got? Colorado, they, man, they look good last night. They, they looked terrible in the first period, and then they just destroyed Chicago in the final 40. I know they, and, and, you know, getting, they're going to be tired, though. They, they got a busy road week, but yeah, I'm going to go Colorado. Okay. Lonnie? Nashville's had a long, long stretch, too. Um, but they just, battered minnesota last night um everybody's doing that i know i know um but uh i mean coming off a long road trip to do that to minnesota that was uh that was a bad loss for the wild i'm gonna go with the preds all right i am about to upset a bunch of fans here in colorado whoa i'm going whoa yeah uh, Nashville's what? on a seven, seven game win streak. Colorado's on a two game win streak. Like I, Colorado's not playing their best hockey right now. And it's, it's showing they're, they're treading water. Nashville's making a pretty good playoff push right now. So I'm going to go with, I got to stay with the hot team, Nashville game. Number three, Minnesota at St. Louis Lonnie, who you got? I want to throw the challenge. And maybe we'll start with Adam. We're going to Minnesota and we're leaving to, we're leaving Detroit, Florida off the, the picks this week. I, I um, hate you. I'm just I saying. hate you right now. You, that, that, you're, you're, this, that's my job. That's my shtick that you just did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. You stole my thunder because if he was going to go to me, my question is going to be why. I was simply going to say why is my pick. Like, why are we picking this game? Uh, I mean, I'm going to pick St. Louis because the Wild are just just put of, a stamp on this thing. Exactly. But, just just Minnesota across the board. What a waste. Are you picking St. Louis, Rich? I mean, are you wasting everybody's time? Are you wasting the valuable time of our listeners <laughs> listening at one and a half right now? <laughs> All right, are we gonna? You want to flex? Let's flex. Are, are, are you gonna pick St. Louis? Yeah, I was gonna pick St. Louis. Then right, keep uh, it. No, let's, then fine. Let's then keep flex. it. No, let's, let's flex. No, fine. Let's flex. Fine. Yeah. No, no we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll flex. Yeah. It. I mean, all three of us are picking the same team of a terrible game. Woo! <laughs> yeah, we're flexing. Adam, Adam, Adam I'm sorry. I, st- I stole your thunder. I just, I, mean, I, I was just oh, angry oh, by this game. Don't, 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 don't apologize to him. I don't, I don't know um, if you noticed, but Florida Detroit, Richard, has playoff implications. Have you heard about that? I, so does Minnesota St. Louis. Um, no, that has I, draft pick implications. Stop it. 
Stop it. If, if you stretch it, no. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Florida. If, I'm gonna, if, if you squint real hard at the standings, really hard. Okay. Florida, uh, Detroit, I, a potential it, matchup of the first round battle. I'm going to take Detroit. Okay. Lonnie, I'm guessing you're going Detroit. Yes. On the hopes that they decided to get their stinker out of the way yesterday against the Islanders. Yeah. That was a bad, bad. game. It's bad. Um, All right. But I'm going to Detroit. All right, uh, I'm I'm going Florida just because I want to be holding a grudge against you too. All right, game number sure. three: the New York Rangers at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Adam, do we do want to switch this to the Minnesota game? You sure? You don't beat Toronto on hockey night in Canada at home in the Garden. That's now the center or the arena or something. Lonnie, it, it is always the garden. It will always be the garden. <laughs> I'm taking, but, Toronto. but it's not. But it's not even the same building. So it's, it doesn't it's not matter. Like it, yeah, it, okay. that, it's the same. It's like Boston Garden is still Boston Garden, even though it's TV Garden. It's an you know whatever. But at least still they the, kept the garden. At least name. they kept the garden. That yeah. was the smart uh, thing. Except for when yeah. it was the Fleet Center for a while. It was, yeah, when it was the Fleet Center, it was still the garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I'm going with the Rangers because, you know, I'm still holding my, my grudge against you two. Last game, Pittsburgh at Calgary. Adam, we'll start with you. Um, St. Louis. Okay. <laughs> Lonnie. Um, no, seriously, why? What What other game has playoff implications or could potentially – you're game. kidding right you're kidding boston islanders i mean seriously did you look at the schedule i mean is that going to be a good game if boston's going to blow out the islanders on the island on the island oh okay all right well let's I'm just, i'll take the islanders fine, fine islanders have won a couple in a row all right adam still got st louis uh <laughs> I'm taking Boston. All right, there. All right, Adam, who you got? You got the Islanders? I got, I got the Islanders. All right, I'm going. I'll, I'll take Boston. All right, there you, you go. Take there one are, of your Homer teams. You, you can't go anti-Homer twice. You can't go anti-Homer twice. All right, there are PH, our modified PHN picks of the week, our flexed PHN picks of the week. If you want to share your picks with us, uh, you can join us on Twitter. You can use the hashtag PHN picks. Or just reply with your picks because that's all Adam did. And we're going to count that. It was a time zone issue. Yes, that's fair. And, and he went one in four and that, that helped me out. So that's why I'm counting it. <laughs> Although he would have gone zero in five and I would have crept up on him. All right. At least I know what playoff there. implications are for God's sakes. Mark this down, like star this or something, potentially your worst original picks ever in the history of the show. Wow. If we okay. if we had to f- listen, we had to flex out forty percent of your picks, Richard. Normally, I've got your back on this, but like I was going to say, Lonnie a- didn't defend you at all this week. In oh, fact, I, in fact, I went in first. He started, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and from and from that point on, I just went opposite you guys. So I'm holding that. So listen, Adam, this is Adam, Adam, this is either going to go really well for us, <laughs> really poorly. Exactly. When, when I go five and zero oh this this uh, this week, you know you'll. Have nobody but yourself to blame. <laughs> if, if you go five and zero this week, I will not for this season and next season. 
I will hold all negative connotation or ripping on you for picks. I will, I will behave for a season plus. There's I'll, your still, I'll yeah. still rip your, I'll still rip your game choices. I just won't okay. make you flex them. Got it. There you go. That's a lot on the line for five and oh. If you win, if you go five and oh, you don't have to flex anything for the next season plus. All right. There, there's incentive for me to do well. Yeah. Yeah. What's the snarky Canadian got to say about that bet? Right? Yeah. Uh, oh, he'll have some. He'll have some. I'm sure he will. I'm sure. <laughs> it's that time. By, by the way. I'm, I'm going to rant a little bit in mine. I'm, I'm going to do like Richard rant story type thing in mine. Just, Love it. just throwing it out there. Richard, you're up. All right. Uh, well, uh, this has been an extremely busy day for, for me. Uh, woke up at three o'clock to go to work, came back here doing the podcast, got a late hockey game tonight. And you know what? I am on a three game pointless streak, hoping to snap tonight, but um, I've been kind of having this, uh, ongoing social media votes. So I want to get your opinion here. Stick uh, the, my stick tape. I've been going with rainbow color and it's, it's been doing nothing for me. I want it to do something, but it's doing nothing. I've got green and orange. What do you guys think? Which, which, which I'm not going to go black or white cause I don't have it, but green or orange. What, what do you think would, would get me out of this slump? going oh, to buy black because i think you've got to i think you got to get back to basics <laughs> I, I, I never used i never used black i'm not good enough to try and hide the puck what 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 jersey colors do you wear we're, mountaineers were dark green so then go green go green okay why do you even have orange it's a good color do you play roller hockey no not anymore yeah, then then yeah, just orange should not well be the orange will help hunters see him so he yeah or something yeah. so my oh, stick that what, get oh, shot. that's right go. <laughs> go green okay all right there you go if makes you Party feel any done. better my kid had uh had a great year uh she she always does green because that's her team color so nine right. green yeah cool rory nine goals on the season good job kid lonnie was that it was that it richard that was it no that was Did, it that was it. oh that was easy okay lonnie speaking of go green um it is the final weekend of the big 10 hockey regular season, Michigan state in Madison, uh, Michigan state's in first place playing f- to clinch the, the title in the regular season and the buy into the semifinals. And the only way you can watch it is if you have big 10 plus, because the big 10 in its infinite wisdom is showing every other big 10 team that's playing hockey this weekend, except the series that matters in the conference, Michigan state and Wisconsin for all the marbles. And we don't get to watch it on TV. The, the big 10 has a lot of questionable hockey and choices on their television network. They've made bad choices all year. It's been, it's been abysmal. And, and it's not like Wisconsin isn't set up beautifully for television cameras and such. No, it's unbelievable. It is a yeah. great building. The Big Ten has great buildings for, for, for hockey and television. And you know what's even weirder? They're starting that as an 8 o'clock Central game. Like, they're starting it late. Right. Which made you believe, like, they could get eyes. But they could flex it. They could do it somewhere. They could throw it on Peacock. They could throw it on... they got lots of TV options right now, and they're not putting it in. And, and so they've decided to make it only for online subscribers at 
what, 10 or $12 a month. It's, it's it, the, the price they pay for subpar content is awful. They're, they're doing it for the students. It's a student U game. If it's big 10 plus students are going to get great out of that one. Three, four games on TV, right? We get Michigan, Minnesota. Yeah. Aren't they playing this weekend? Yeah. The only mine series not, that matters is not on TV. There you go. So, so mine, mine has nothing to do with, um, with um, hockey. You guys are all about hockey. Mine has to do with food. Um, Philadelphia cream cheese, who I'm usually a supporter of, they're, they're doing bad stuff right now. They, they have started a campaign of the no-hole bagel. And, and they have gotten some of the most well-known bagel shops out of like New York, Chicago, and even Philly to, to jump on board with this. Now, we know why a cream cheese company would want to know a whole bagel. Because that- then they get more cream cheese used, so better for their profits because people have to buy more cream cheese. Some people will argue that if you have a bagel sandwich, things don't fall out when you have a hole. I would argue a proper size hole, maybe a nickel to dime size hole, everything stays in. Here's also what I would argue. Lonnie, of the ilk that you are, do you know what they call a bagel without a hole? A roll? No, a bialy. We already have a bagel without a hole that is cooked like a bagel. Yeah, that's true. Get out of here. Get out of here with this no-hole bagel crap. A bagel without a hole is not a bagel. It's that simple. As we learned from Caddyshack, a donut with no hole is a Danish. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They already have names for these things. Correct. So Philadelphia cream cheese and your whole thing to get people to use more cream cheese, and I love a good schmear. I like a thick schmear on my bagel. No, no. Get out of here. No whole bagels are not a thing. They're called Bialis. To to be honest, I don't care if there's a hole. I'm putting a crap ton of cream cheese on my bagel. You better care care. if there's a hole. If it's not a bagel, if there's no hole. Well, no, no, sorry. Fundamental part of the bagel. If the if the hole is gone, that does that doesn't do me any good because I'm gonna put a crap ton of cream cheese on it anyway. I don't care if it's falling out. Whatever. I think this is wrong. This is a marketing ploy that's going to anger a lot of people. It already has. Not not as much as the slicing the bagels through the you know bread slicer thing that St. Louis was doing. But well, that's St. Louis and food. Let's not go there. I know. But it was Lonnie, they've got Utopia in New York and Steingold's in Chicago on board with this. No. <laughs> like Steingold's is on board with this. What is wrong no. with those people? This is this is this is not an acceptable solution. Yes. By any means. This this could be something that uh I mean, there is a podcast that, that I believe you're a part of that talks about food of, of this style. Yeah, it's on hiatus. Well the uh well well the uh the, the host is uh, preparing her uh book tour for her new cookbook, but I'm gonna mention this when i see her in a couple months yeah this we're is, gonna have to get into this this is a thing this is not an like okay it. thing no it's not no it already exists that's it yep by the way bialis underrated highly so this love, is the time to educate people on bialis uh, which is the no whole bagel love making bialis yeah they're amazing there you go there's my rant it's a good rant today thank I like you it. I yeah it. i can support that a good rant, and I had help telling Richard his picks sucked. It's, it's awesome. 
I didn't even have to do the heavy lifting today for that part. It was great. It was great. Wow. Great. ProHockeyNews.com is where you can find everything that we do on the website. Appreciate everybody tuning in to this great podcast. Tell your friends, hit that subscribe button. Rate us. Give us a five, even if you don't like us, because that, that's cool. Yeah. Just pretend. Why? We, we don't mind that. We don't mind that. For Richard Coday and Lonnie Goldsmith, this is Adam Minnick. Thank you to our friends at FOCO and MyCustomSportsShare.com, the Chicago Wolves store, and Bet99. This has been another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast.